This is Radical Learning Talks with Sari Gonzalez and Becca Koritz. In today's episode, we talk about the importance of play in our de-schooling process and in supporting ourselves and our youth to live authentic and free lives. We discuss how play is an expression of freedom and the role that play holds in our lives to break free from societal expectations. So we're back with another episode, and today we're going to be talking about a topic that is dear to our hearts um, and something we feel like is really important in in life, not just self-directed learning and education and de-schooling and all of that, but life in general, and it's play, the importance of play. Yeah, we're going to talk about this because on one hand, um, at least for me, it's like the most important vehicle we have for learning. And most of the time I see that adults have a lot of prejudice around play, um, not only when it comes to their own kids, but also to their own kind of play. Like when we give trainings, for instance, and we have a lot of play, we know that many families do react. Um, yeah, or many, many participants react in a, in a kind of like, why are we doing this? Like as if it was something not important. Because we play a lot. Um, Yeah, we play a lot. And we do that basically because we are not only human beings, we're mammals. And something that defines mammals is that mammal children always play. And we're no exception. That's actually how mammals learn the most important skills they need in life. And it's the same with our kids. And then we kind of lose it. We stop doing it. And I think we're taught also in school that you know learning is serious business we we have to stay focused and if there's something you can miss out on it's actually recess yeah i mean you you just mentioned the prejudices of play and i'd like to expand on that more like what what do you mean by the prejudices of play cuz yeah i see i mean i see this a lot in the learning center with parents that are like why are they playing so much they should be da, 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 they should be doing yeah. xyz yeah i i actually think it comes from our own schooling experience because in school we were not only taught content through subjects um, we were also taught what was important and what wasn't important so for instance it's very clear that there's a hierarchy in schools right so math and science is like so much more important than art, for instance, uh, or physical education. Uh, recess happens a little bit, and they're actually cutting down on recess more and more, and it signals to us what is important and what isn't important. And so I think that most of us have grown up um, believing that play isn't important because it's not being valued in school. You don't get a grade for play. Uh, we never use play in schools as something fundamental for learning. It's something that happens when, like in between learning sessions. So I think that we all carry a lot of different prejudice around play. Yeah, I, I you know, I think about just the the idea of real world goals and expectations of again what success is or what we should be doing or what our kids should be learning and and I think play is sometimes scary for for parents um, when they see that you know maybe 
that's that's what's taking up the majority of time for a learner in, in a self-directed learning center because like what you're saying we are we have been programmed many of us have been programmed to think that play is something that we do for 20 minutes during a school day because it's not important because it's not going to help us achieve anything exactly and, and I mean it, we couldn't be any more wrong actually on one hand but I see it happening also with with people who are transitioning transitioning from ordinary schooling and then they go into homeschooling and they realize that it's not really working for their kids and they're like but my kid is only playing all the time like they're not learning anything and this is again where I'm like oh my god we haven't learned how to value play and see value in it or even recognize all the amazing learning processes that are happening during play and so of course like if you're transitioning into unschooling or if you have your kids at a learning center I would say that this is like one of the most important concerns that parents have and it is because we're programmed and it's actually one of the questions that I ask parents when they're coming in to Explora for the first time I ask them are you going to be okay for your kid to be maybe playing Legos or playing for a whole year straight. And <laughs> yeah. are you are you scared by that? Are you yeah. threatened by that? And it's okay if you are because again, we are programmed to to believe that we're not learning anything if we're if we're not, you know, focusing on math and reading and writing and all the academic things. And so, yeah, it's really interesting to me parents usually say yeah that's totally fine I you know I want to support my kids freedom but then when it comes down to it they freak out they freak out and and again there's no judgment there so Sadi what is it that we see that kids learn in in play gosh I mean what don't they learn through play and I mean for for me play is one of is a high form of an expression of freedom And so, you know, being free from incentives, being free from expectations, being free from the need to perform or be or do something, in its purest form of play, kids, people, adults too, are free to just be who they are and they learn to be you know, take take control of their emotions and their impulses, um, you know, see things from other people's perspective, uh, learn about diversity of thought as well, and just diversity in general, learn about conflict resolution, building relationships. Um, it's really, I mean, there's so much to, to, to play. There's so much that we are learning by, by being free in figuring things out without an expectation being held over us. Yeah, and I would say actually what kids learn through play is to take control over their lives. Absolutely. And I'm looking at life as a short period of time that we're actually here. Um, And I think it's important to think about what we want for our kids this time do we want them of course we want them to be successful however that looks to us we want them to be able to survive in life and not only survive i would say thrive i think most parents would want that but what you learn in play prepares you for life completely it prepares you to live your life in a very autonomous and independent way and yes like all these other things that parents are more concerned with like reading writing science scientific thinking you figure those things out yes they do figure them out and actually they do it a lot through play too absolutely I, 
I keep coming back to to my own childhood and how my teachers would tell me that I kind of needed to grow up. You know, like you need to grow up. Uh, I mean, they weren't speaking to me directly, but to the group. Like life is serious. You're not here to have fun. You're not here to play. And it's something that we were so programmed with that when I was 15, I decided that I had to stop playing because mm. I was going to begin high school and I was like, I, I need to get serious now. And it took me forever to come back to playing simply because it has to do with how I want to live my life. I, I don't want to have like a seriously boring life. I'm super responsible and I am kind of serious with what I'm doing, absolutely. But I want to have fun at the same time. And what I see is that play actually fosters that kind of creativity, uh, problem solving, um, conflict resolution. It gives you all the tools you need in order to to thrive. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about childhood and, and growing up, you know, I really didn't feel free, Becca, to play until I was an adult and until very, not too long ago, actually, like becoming a facilitator, um, going down the rabbit hole of self-directed learning, being a mom, you know, in, in the really early years of, of my son's um, childhood and existence, it was hard for me to play with him, actually. I didn't know how because as... Even though, yes, it's in our nature to play and we are naturally learning through play, my childhood, um, due to the circumstances of my childhood and some childhood traumas and a lot of expectation that was put on me uh, because of the circumstances of my childhood where I had to grow up really fast and I kind of had to take on adult responsibilities very early on, there wasn't space for me to play. Like, my life was serious. I had to figure out, like you know, how I was working really early and I had to figure out uh, a lot of things that that stopped me from really being free to, to, to be creative in the ways that, that play inspires as well. And so I remember early on in, in my facilitation journey, I got really anxious when I had to host play for kids like I didn't I didn't know what to do I, I would kind of like freeze up and it wasn't through my own de-school until I my my own de-schooling process and it wasn't until I was looking at my childhood traumas and looking at all of those programmings about what I should be doing with my time and what I should be learning that I actually could let go and be free to have fun and to you know, not have a certain expectation in mind about how something needed to be. I mean, I also had people around me that were bullying me a lot when I was playing. And so I developed a lot of, um, I just wasn't secure in myself and I didn't have a lot of self-esteem. And so that carried on into adulthood. And, and I think now I feel so grateful for this de-schooling process because it's allowed me to free myself from that, to free myself of other people's expectations and thoughts. Now I could give a shit about what other people think. Like for me, it's just like, am I having fun in this? Am I finding joy in this? And that's what play is to me. It's like just pure joy, like finding joy in really simple things. And, and play doesn't always mean it's physical. Like, play can be mental. Play, Absolutely. Play can be yeah. spiritual. Play can be emotional. Like, kind of just being free to go where your mind and your heart want to go without any expectation whatsoever of what the outcome is. Like, that's a form of play to me. 
And I'm so grateful for this process because now I have so much fun in my life. I mean, radical learning, we, if we're not having fun, then we know something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, need I to mean, take a break. <laughs> that's, that's how we kind of define it. It has to be fun. But I do think, again, that many of us come with this idea that if it's fun, it's less serious. Right. It's not good enough. It has to be serious and it has to be like otherwise it's not responsible. And I find it to be absolutely the contrary. Um, I mean, if people haven't read Afi Khan's book, Unconditional Parenting, please do, uh, because he talks so much about how creativity is being sparked by zero expectations when you can just fool around with the materials that you have, play with it and and be goofy. And that's when creativity comes, you know, that's how it's being sparked. Not when there is an expectation. If there is an expectation of a certain outcome or a result being produced, it actually stifles the creativity, which is so sad because that is what happens in school. So even if a school says, oh, we're really focusing on creativity here, if there are grades, if there are exams, if there's anything to to evaluate kids without the kids being the ones wanting to evaluate themselves, it is actually going to stifle creativity. And I have a crazy example of that. Um, I used to be part of this, this group of parents, and we would have really long awfully long parent meetings they were like three hours long every time and it took so much time and effort to make decisions and then at one occasion we threw in some play before starting and of course parents were like why why are we going to do this we don't want to play this is not serious we don't have time for this but you know we played for 15 minutes and then it took us 45 minutes to go through the meeting get to conclusions and actually end it wow and so you gain a lot through play i just think it's really funny that there's like a designated time that we are quote unquote allowed to play in general i mean we see this in conventional school settings with recess right and it's like the shortest amount of time in their day in kids day but also in life you know like if you're if you're not serious if you're not taking things seriously if you're joyful and having fun and you know like playing all the time then people might not take you seriously and it's like why like life is play life like we should be playing our whole lives and there's nothing bad about that on the contrary i mean life is so short it's over in a second and we're not going to be able to take anything with us on the other side. And so I think that why not enjoy the time that we're here? It doesn't mean that everything is always fun, you know? Sometimes we run into really big problems, huge issues, obstacles, challenges, grief, sorrow, I mean, really painful shit. And serious moments. And serious moments, but that doesn't mean that we can't also focus on actually being playful because it leads to so much more creativity, so much more initiative taking and connection. It builds relationships. But again, like I, I'm, I'm coming back to this point where you said that you didn't know how to play with your kid. And I think that many parents actually don't. Like I think there are like two extremes uh, where parents, they don't really know how to play. And so they're not coming from an equitable place. They either let their kid boss them around like, no, mama, you can't say that. You have to say this. Now you have to play the cat. You can't mm-hmm. do like you. I mean, you, you've seen this, haven't you? Like, yeah, but parents. I've also seen parents doing that as well. Yes. Then you have parents taking over completely. We're going to build this cool Lego thing. 
and the parent is doing such a good job that the kid just feels like quitting because it's not fun any longer because he starts comparing because the parent is entering some kind of productive mode and is not coming from playfulness. So, I mean, you can definitely play with your kids, but I think it's, again, really important to not always interfere in kids' play. Um, and I know that that happens a lot where where parents will observe kids and they won't be able to detect what is really happening and they might freak out and they don't trust the kids to solve problems or solve conflicts that arise and then they go in and basically deprive the kids from an amazing opportunity of trying to solve it themselves. I've seen this in learning centers as well when facilitators, I mean, they have every pure, beautiful intention in mind, but maybe there are kids that are playing and then want to like jump in and play with them when it might not be necessary um, because they're they're doing their own thing and they're they're on they're on their own path of learning and then sometimes by jumping in in inappropriate moments we do tend to take over and um, kind of steal the opportunities from the kids of figuring out things on their own and having those creative moments and having that flow. I mean, and, and also having the problems occur, you know, absolutely. challenges and and hard moments. But but it's like. We don't trust our kids to solve those things. And so we kind of want to tell them how to do this. I mean, this is all about, like, I think about all these extracurricular activities that are being offered to kids. There is soccer, there is football, there is karate, there is so much. But it's all directed by adults. And so kids, they don't really have a say. They, they, they just have to adapt to what is instead of getting this amazing opportunity of running those things on their own. And I mean, it's not to say that they don't find joy in those moments and they, they don't play as well. But what I'm hearing you saying is like free play is really where it's at. Like yeah. free and as adults too, being being able to have the space and the time to to get messy and and to maybe not know the answers to things or, you know, have have a, a goal in mind, but just just to have the experience. So then, Sadi, how, how do you think that we as adults should play with kids? I think, I mean, we always start with observation, right? So just, <laughs> I mean, it's the biggest tool in, in life, I think, is just obser- observe and, and observation, using observation as a key to understanding the world of the kid. And you know what I think right now? Also for them to observe themselves so that they can understand where they're coming from. If they're coming from this anxiety that they think that they have to control something in the, in the, in the play, that is a really bad moment to step in. Right. Or sometimes what I've seen is like we, we want kids to like us. We want oh them God, yeah. to think we're oh, cool. Yeah. And so we're going to come in and like try to play in a really inauthentic way. You know, I see this a lot with like younger kids. Like oh, all of a sudden you're, you're like a clown like trying to entertain them. And I think there's a difference between genuine play and entertainment. Like we're not here to entertain our kids. We're not here to entertain kids in a learning center. We're here to accompany them. And so I think for me, it's really about understanding, like, you know, it's different if you have a game that you're, you're offering and it's really clear, like what your intention is in sharing that game. But if kids are playing and you wanna connect with them, 
focus on the connection focus on listening and ask them if you may join yeah exactly like can I play with you sometimes kids are like no we're fine or no we don't want to or just understand what their what their world is you know we, we talked a lot about this with screens with the theme around screens but you know kids are playing all the time whether we recognize it or not and with my son you know I I had no idea what he was playing and what he was learning through that play until I sat down with him and was like, hey, can you show me what you're playing right now? And what what is this Minecraft? Like, what are you what are you doing on, <laughs> yeah. on the screen? And then it became easier for me to be able to connect with him and to play with him because I could understand more what it is that he was doing. So observing and asking and then being really mindful about not interfering in a, a child's natural learning through through their own play. Beautiful. So this makes me think about Peter Gray and his amazing book, Free to Learn. I mean, if you haven't read it, guys, please do, because he writes so much about play in this book. And I mean, he really like goes very deep into all the different areas that kids are actually developing in play, which I think can be very calming for any parent who is freaking out because they think that their kids are only playing and they're not only playing they're doing the most important thing they can in order to learn but he's also talking about a really vital element of play which is the freedom to quit absolutely could you talk a little bit about that yeah I I love this about Peter Gray's work I mean he talks about ultimate freedom in play being the freedom to quit and what I understand that to be is while we're playing we are in such a free state of being we're not um, controlled by anybody because we have choice and so if something is 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 happening in play that we're not comfortable with and I see this with kids all the time then they'll change it into something else yes you know they'll use their imagination and creativity to then you know all of a sudden you're not shopping anymore now you're going into the mountain and you're figuring this other thing out and it completely transforms and if it still doesn't feel good and you're not excited to buy it or it doesn't bring you joy or if it's not fulfilling anymore then kids are like I don't want to play anymore and that's perfectly fine. And right. I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking that this has so much to do with consent. Absolutely. And and just power of your own life, the control of your own life to be able to say, this doesn't feel good for me. I'm going to listen to myself and I'm going to quit doing this. And this is why play is so vital for kids, because they are figuring those things out at such an early age through play like not because an adult is telling them or talking to them about consent or about diversity or about conflict resolution or how to build relationships because they're actually doing it through play and they're learning it through their own actions and we don't see that we don't recognize it we're just like oh my god they're only playing and i oh god i wish people would be like oh my god they're playing let them let them stay with it you know let them do whatever they're doing they're playing because it's that important and i wish we did that more i wish i did that more every year i feel like my new year's resolution is play more <laughs> bring more joy into my life and play more but yeah you know i i, I learned to let go i'm learning to let go of a lot of the fears around you know, meeting certain expectations so that I am freeing myself up to be able to receive those moments of play and and do so in such an authentic way. So, I mean, I think 
going back to that, you know, the ultimate freedom in play is the freedom to quit. It's also the freedom to be yourself and to be authentic. Yeah, and I think that many parents have a big issue with this because they could say, okay, with play, but then with other activities, the freedom to, to quit, like if you were taking karate classes or soccer or tennis, whatever it is that people are doing, um, knitting, I mean, it could be literally anything. So it makes me think about like parents um, maybe saying, okay, freedom to quit when they're playing, that's all good. But what about all these other activities? You know, what, what about the freedom to quit? Then my, my kid wouldn't develop discipline, determination, resilience, like, and you know, I, I'm, it makes me think about, it makes me think about Theo. When he was about 10 years old, he said that he wanted to try to play the violin. And so we found him a teacher, the only one in town, and um, he was really happy after the first class. He liked it so much. And then uh, the second class, he came back home and he was like not as enthusiastic. And the third class, he was like, Mom, I'm not going back. And I want to support him in that, you know, like listening to himself, connecting to himself. So I was like, I hear you. Can you tell me more? What's happening? Why, why don't you want to go back? And he said, well, because it feels like in school. It's not fun. And so, you know, I, I heard him and I totally supported his choice. But I know that most parents will be like, but oh my God, I've invested, you know, I've oh, invested yeah, I've in, done that before. in the gear and the outfit and everything. And now you're just going to give up. And I don't see it as kids giving up. First of all, I think that kids really know when it feels good or bad. And we as parents need to figure out what it is that feels less good, you know, and, and support the kid in expressing that and, and, and really support them in, in that space. And at the same time, be like, okay, so I invested this money. Do I want my kid to finish the semester because I am annoyed with myself for having invested that money? Like, what is this about really? Um, and maybe tweak it a little bit and think of it more like it's not about giving up. It's about the kid getting to know himself or herself. It's like they are getting to know themselves. Maybe this is not for, for them, you know, or maybe it is the teacher. Uh, maybe it is the facilitator. It could be, but we need to figure it out. And if it's not for your kid, that's okay. Like if I would say, oh, Sadi, you know what? I want to learn to play the violin. And I don't like it after a lesson or two. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not going to spend more time on this. I mean, but we adults do that all the time. We do it all the so time. It, it only makes sense to support our kids to do that, to find out what it is that they truly feel like they're having fun with and things that truly bring them joy yeah if it's not bringing your child joy then what is the point like this goes back to our podcast around challenge you know like is the point to challenge them because we feel like they need to you know achieve a certain outcome or is the point to have joy and like live a fulfilling fun joyful life yeah and I mean, looking at it from that angle, I would also like to just bring up that there are consequences when kids can't play. So I want to I wanna just look at it again. We're mammals, and all mammals learn through play. Look at a kitten or a foal or whatever mammal it is, a child, you know, we all play. And that's how we develop like so much. Uh, one of the things that I find most important is really like the emotional regulation 
self-control, overcoming challenges, overcoming difficulties, overcoming fear, like all of that emotional work that happens through play is vital for us to develop as healthy beings. And so, I mean, they've, they've done research on this. They've, they've for instance, uh, taken rats and they have forced them not to play. And the rats that aren't allowed to play as little baby rats, they develop severe anxiety. And I mean, this is what Peter Gray says. He's like, he's seriously worried because there is such a decline of play in the world today. But at the same time, like mental health problems are on the rise in really young people. And he sees a clear, a really clear connection. I mean, I can speak to my personal experience with that and not having a childhood filled with play and having a childhood more filled with like serious, you know, matter of fact, like you just need to a lot of adult responsibility I would say as a child and I had a lot of anxiety and I was very insecure and I mean all of those skills that you talk about you know of course I developed them over time but it I, it definitely it definitely affected me in a negative way not being able to discover myself in the world through play it definitely didn't help me build as many relationships I think as I could have or you know learned about uh, different perspectives or learned about how to control or be in touch with my emotions you know it, it I think and it is what it is and I'm super grateful for my life and my circumstances as well because I learned so much through them but definitely I, I can see the consequences of not having had the space and the time to play and to to discover myself and yeah I was very stressed very stressed you know it's it's hard to listen to because I feel sad mm. when I think about it but then for the first time in my life I'm also making a connection I had never made before and that decision in my life to stop playing when I was 15 to get serious um, I actually went into quite a long depression when mm -hmm. I was in high school and now for the first time I'm wondering is that because I stopped playing and mm -hmm. I was just focusing on results 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 grades 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 yeah I mean that it happens it that happens be. in my life right now even with radical learning and you know, directing a center. I mean, we'll check in with each other all the time. Like, hey, let's go for that excursion. Hey, let's go. Are we having fun right now? Are we laughing? And it, if we're not, then it's like time to stop and focus on what's most important, which is the joy of living. And that to me is what play is about. And so I think, you know, as adults too, we need, it's not just focusing on how to support kids to play, but we need to do this more for ourselves. How are we playing in our lives? How are we having fun? How are we exploring different things and connecting with others through experiences that bring us joy? And how can we make life more fun? Yeah. Because why does it have to be so serious? So fucking serious all the time. Uh. So, like, if we go into our tips, because we're going to wrap this episode yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, I think we our tip number one is always observe, 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 my friends. Like, And this, this time, I think 
we've thought about observe your prejudices around play like what do you think about play do you have that little voice inside you that you know when your kids are playing too long or or you know not doing what you think they quote unquote should be doing like what what comes up for you what are your prejudices around play and also what does play look like in your life like when are you being most creative and having the most fun is it by doing something super serious or is it by experimenting and messing around or you know what does play like look like in your adult life yeah the second tip would of course be observe your kid you know (laughs) look at your kids and ask yourself when they're playing what might they be discovering right now what might they be developing what are they working on what is it that they are learning like look at them watch but you know let let them be don't interfere necessarily just observe them and try to figure out what it is that they're working on right now because you will be surprised they are learning so many things they're developing so many skills and it's just I mean, this is one of my favorite. Um, this is one of my favorite hobbies. It's just watching kids in play. And then I think the the last I'll kind of put them together. The last two tips are Peter Gray. <laughs> like just, yeah. You know, he has an awesome TED Talk. Um, I think it's called The Decline of Play yeah. or something like you that. You find it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so his, his TED Talk is awesome and talks a lot about the consequences of not supporting of kids not playing any longer and what that does to to society as well um and also free to learn just one of the the i think one of the best books um that has has supported me definitely as a as a facilitator and director and mother in terms of understanding the importance of play and he defines play in such a, a beautiful way um that makes a lot of sense as well and also talks like you said you know what is what is what do what do we think play is that really is not play Um, and how to support our kids to truly be free in their play. Now, Sadi, this just brings me to this thought of like, okay, so we want to invite people to play more. And if you don't play a lot in your own life, like start carving out time for that. But if you haven't played and you don't really know where to begin, (laughs) just let your kids lead the way. (laughs) Really. Kids naturally want want to do that. And when when you know let when we let them just be free when we don't impose ourselves on them kids will naturally do that when we don't have certain expectations or you know we really support an environment to honor where they are in their life um, they will naturally lead you to it and so it's about not controlling them not trying to impose on them it's letting them be and go with the flow basically yeah and let them be kids you know, let them let them be kids, let them get messy, let them let them be free. Be and free. let us be free. In the next episode of Radical Learning Talks, we will be talking about a topic closely related to play, and that is risk taking. Why do kids love taking risks? Why is it so important that we let them? And how can we learn how to support them adequately in risk taking? Stay tuned.